You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, I mean, the huge news, I mean, the news is that what a remarkable run, but it has come to an end, and that is Patriot head coach Bill Belichick leaving the Patriots. Something, boy, what a week. Pete Carroll is 72 years old. Nick Saban, Alabama, 72. Bill Belichick, 71 all within a 24-hour stretch. Really remarkable. As much as we've been hearing about it, and it's actually not a shock, there is still an element of sadness about it. Um, I think, um, I think partly because of all the memories, you know, for the past 20 years of Brady, Belichick, craft coming into the mix it's um i don't know there was there was certainly unmatched run in nfl history six super bowl titles nine super bowl appearances and actually if malcolm butler had played and if the giants had not had that remarkable win in 08 i was there in arizona you could even add two more. Plus, he won. Remember, he got two rings with the Giants. So, but at the same time, look at how competitive the NFL is. Can you imagine if politics operated this way? Can you imagine if politics operated in the sense that there was this type of accountability the way there is in the NFL? Uh, with the Saban, these are two great coaches. But, but you know, times are changing. Now, in college football, they now have name image likeness. And that has changed the dynamic. You also have the transfer portal. So in the past, it used to be somebody committed to Alabama, and then they were there for four years, let alone if they were redshirted five years. Now, players, you have a player at Alabama. He's not playing. He's unhappy. Boom. He can transfer right away, go somewhere else. You also have different schools can now offer because the players get paid, college players. So... Suddenly now, you know, you're Nick Saban and you're saying we'd like you to come to Alabama. A player is, you know, looking at another school, maybe considered a lesser school, but they could make more money and they can play right away. So the landscape has certainly changed. As far as Belichick, though, um, we knew it was coming. I still would just I think there's an element of sadness there simply because. Is, it's remarkable what has taken place uh, for everyone that was here. Like like many of you, um, you know, you have, you know, my son, the only quarterback that he knew was, was Tom Brady. And the incredible enjoyment that everyone has had during this incredible run of, you know, the Patriot way and Brady Belichick. And I also say that as someone that would go up uh, and cover the team. I used to go every Wednesday for the locker room availability and the press conferences. Nine Super Bowl appearances, six Super Bowl titles. I would still argue I, that could have been seven, maybe even eight, but definitely seven if uh, Malcolm Butler had played against Philadelphia. Uh, that we've never gotten the answer to. Uh, no question, just the effect forever changing the landscape on how the Patriots dominate up here. But it does seem like it's time. And the fact that they are doing this together, they're going to address the media. Patriot owner Bob Kraft, Robert Kraft, and Coach Belichick. You know, I, I think apparently Patriot owner Robert Kraft is very concerned on the optics of this whole thing. And they're going to hold a joint news conference together. So now that's not always the way you saw on Black Monday coaches being fired left and right coaches uh, around the league. Then you had you know, Pete Carroll. Clearly, that was not his choice to be leaving Seattle. Nick Saban, I think that Alabama job is a, I think it's just a really difficult job, especially, you know, as I said, it's changed now. They they are a phenomenal team um, almost pulled it off against Michigan right? Losing in overtime at the Rose Bowl. And if you're Nick Saban, that fan base, they expect a championship. They don't say, wasn't that, what a phenomenal season. 
the fact that they lost to Michigan in the Rose Bowl, the, the season is basically deemed a failure. That's really tough. And Nick Saban, again, he's an older guy, and he certainly has, you know, um, he doesn't need the money. It is an absolute grind, and especially with the college game, where you always have to, you know, it's the recruiting, and there's a young 17-year-old kid, and he may go with you, or he may go to LSU, or he may go to Georgia. He's not sure. He wants to know how much you're going to pay him. He wants to know if he's going to play right away. I think like a Coach Saban, I think after a while, that kind of gets, that gets old, right? You have to fly out. You're on the recruiting trail. You're in somebody's kitchen or living room in Florida or in Texas. That's where most of the, you know, the football players come from. And, you know, you have a, you're talking with the family and this is what LSU is offering. This is what Ohio State is offering. Can you match that? Is he going to play right away? Um, but all of those things that come into play. But as far as Belichick, let's face it, this past season was tough. Last season was tough. Since Tom Brady left, it has been tough. And Belichick just needs those 15 wins to surpass Shula. So I believe he's going to want to, he'll go to a team that's ready to win right now, that maybe just needs the right coach. And for the right type of owner, he's a, he's a draw. The Patriots are in a rebuild right now. So, but it's still, it's still, I think I find it sad and jarring. And that Coach Belichick now, that without question, it's not only the news of the day, it's, it's really one of the biggest news stories of the year. Belichick leaving the Patriots. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement. Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323-9252. AJ, drywall, plasters, home improvement, frame-to-finish basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic ceilings. Look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions. Also, commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling contact them today it's a family-run business aj drywall plaster home improvements call for a free quote what a difference they'll make in your home your ceilings floors basements 401-323-9252 what a difference beautiful walls and ceilings 401-323-9252 you can also find them on facebook it's AJ Drywall Plaster and Home Improvements for your home or business. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he's our legal expert, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, uh, uh, another week goes by, and once again, President Trump in the news with some of his uh, legal situation and i think it's always just good we might as well just start what can you tell us the latest about the president spending more time in the courtroom it's been, <laughs> well, trump is the uh talk show gift that keeps on giving it's yeah. unbelievable every week let's start with um the matter that he appeared in federal court with his attorneys um before the court of appeals regarding his claim that he should not be prosecuted regarding his actions, um, his alleged actions during the January 6th event on the grounds that um, he can't, as an ex, well, the real question for the court is, can an ex-president be prosecuted for actions taken while president? So Trump is saying, while I was president and whatever I did on um January 6th, I had a good faith understanding from my attorneys and from political people that there were election irregularities and um, I was taking actions which were consistent with, you know, being president. Um, while I was president, I could not be prosecuted for such conduct. Now that I'm an ex-president, uh, you should not be able to prosecute me 
as an ex-president for actions I took while I was president. Now, this is in the D.C. Circuit. Um, the Court of Appeals clearly was not receptive to his arguments or his counsel's arguments regarding that theory. Um, you can almost predict, as sure as the sun's going to rise tomorrow, that the um, Court of Appeals is going to rule against Trump, which will then precipitate an appeal to the Supreme Court. Um, previously, um, the, uh, I think it was the prosecutors that attempted to fast-track this to get it before the Supreme Court and try to get a quick kill to keep a trial schedule for um, March. Uh, the Supreme Court deferred, saying you've got to go through the appellate process. So they're going through the appellate process. Once this Court of Appeals rules against Trump, the case will wind up with the Supreme Court. The question will then be politically, how long does it take for the Supreme Court to rule on this claim of immunity from prosecution as an ex-president for con actions taken while president? Trump's theory is, you know, careful what you wish for, because when Joe Biden becomes an ex-president someday, will there be actions that he took as president, which will then result in him being sued civilly or criminally for such actions once he's out of office. The Trump theory would be if, if the president is not cloaked with immunity from prosecution for actions taken while president and is always playing the game with one eye on being president and one eye on protecting him or herself when they are no longer president, right. it's going to really affect the president's ability to make the tough decisions and to make the tough calls. It's a legitimate and a fair point. Now, the judges uh, in the Court of Appeals said, well, do, does that mean that while you're president, if you told one of your Secret Service agents to, to shoot and kill one of your political oppo opponents, that that would be protected um, act for which you would be immune from prosecution because it's an action you took while president? Uh, that... <clears throat> certainly stretches the point i guess the question would be um was that outside the scope of official access president if you go down that path then you would potentially argue well then when trump was involved in this january 6th um, incident that what he did there was outside the scope of his official conduct as president it's a very difficult issue at first blush um, it seems pretty simple. And, you know, the Court of Appeals is saying, using that uh, shooting your political opponent example, but it does have the potential, if he, Trump is allowed to be prosecuted for the January 6th incident as an ex-president, every future president's going to be looking over his shoulder. Can he be prosecuted after the fact i guess it's never happened before but once once the door is open will it happen again um clearly this winds up with the supreme court and although like the colorado case i think is an easy decision for the court to make that trump should not be off of the ballot on this theory of insurrection I think the court's going to have a much more difficult time wrestling with this issue about ex-presidents being prosecuted for acts taken while in office. That's going to be a tough one for the Supreme Court, I think. Um, hey, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say, um, and what about this? Uh, he was told he can't deliver. He wanted to live a part of his closing argument in the New York trial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know what you're going to get with uh, Donald Trump. Um, in the case where he is, it's a civil trial, as we know, where the state of New York is looking for damages because of his alleged uh, inflating or deflating, as the circumstances required, the valuation of his business assets to get more favorable loans from banks and for you know other tax purposes um trump trump wanted to deliver part of his closing argument um 
his lawyers just must be beside themselves trying to deal with Trump. I mean, it's really uh, unheard of for your client to stand up and deliver the closing while the attorney sits there taking notes at counsel table. I guess the judge was considering it, but the judge wanted to put limits on what Trump could say during closing. He didn't want it to turn into a political stump speech. And the judge said, look, you can't make this a political speech. You can't disparage me, the judge. You can't disparage my staff. You can't disparage Letitia James. You can't disparage the prosecutors. Uh, you got to stick to the facts. And I think that uh, Trump and his attorneys uh, rejected the opportunity for Trump to deliver the closing with those limitations. Now, did Trump really want to deliver the closing? I, I think it, he would have been foolish to do so, but this whole sequence of events clearly um, creates another issue of appeal. And the Trump team, as this is going on, they've already been, the judge has already determined that there was fraud. It's just a question of what the damages are going to be. So you know the judge is going to whack the Trump organization for millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, his decision will be immediately appealed, and all of this conduct of the Trump team trying to create issues, the judge saying, I'm not going to allow you to file certain motions, the judge trying to put curbs on what Trump could say as if he wanted to deliver his own closing, all of these create appellate issues. And at this point, Trump knows he's going to lose. He knows that his organization is going to get whacked for probably hundreds of millions of dollars. And I think his team is trying to create as many um, appellate issues as possible so that a, a reviewing court can hopefully overturn or remand what this judge is doing and either just overrule it or have an opportunity for a new trial and just continue to drag this on. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine Trump actually delivering the closing. I think that would be a disaster. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. A great meal, a great time is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Rhode Island tradition since 1977, 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. They have a large dining room, perfect, maybe a, a group, uh, maybe a collation, lunch. The Coesed Inn, getting a big group together or maybe just you alone or a date. 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick, great staff, terrific food. They're always working on the menu and they also have a nice lounge as well. You have the market at Coesed right there. They're open seven days a week. I'll see you for a great meal. Make it the Coesed Inn. We speak with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, one final uh, Trump legal story. What, what are we to make of uh, in Fulton County? Apparently there's a scandal with that Fannie Willis that uh, seemingly some allegations that got involved with one of the uh, the special prosecutor in the case well it, it's a scandal and uh, trump's out there crowing that it's going to derail the case and the case should be dismissed um that's a nice talking point and it you know whips up his base but i don't think legally what he's suggesting is going to happen will happen the, th the story is, that's developing is that fanny willis um has a team of prosecutors who could easily try this case. She, however, chose to go to outside counsel uh, and hire this law firm. And the lead attorney allegedly is an attorney with far less prosecutorial experience than members of her own staff. By hiring this private law firm and having this individual as lead counsel, um, I believe the firm has charged um, the state something like $650,000 so far. And the case hasn't even remotely gotten close to trial regarding Trump. Now, apparently, 
the allegation is that Fannie Willis has been having an affair with this lead counsel, and they're canoodling around, taking expensive trips, etc. Now, Trump spins it that, you know, the state of Georgia is paying for all these trips. Well, that's not quite true. Georgia's paying this law firm. How much of that money trickles down to this attorney or how much money is this law firm spending, if any, to send Fannie Willis and her lover off on expensive vacations? It's a scandal. It's an embarrassment. I would think that um, this attorney and this law firm will shortly be off the case. Trump will like that because it's going to delay things further. Um, I think removing and replacing prosecutors is the easy fix here. Fannie Willis will have to deal with the political fallout. But I don't think that the conduct of Fannie Willis and her lover slash attorney um, is grounds for simply dismissing the case. I don't think that's going to happen by a long shot. Folks, we're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, uh, moving closer to home in Massachusetts. Now, the Karen Reed case, apparently uh, moving closer, is going to be in March. If you could touch on that the judge ordered the defense motion to sanction and disqualify the DA's office, that that be impounded. What, what would what would that what does that what does that mean essentially? Honestly, I'm really not sure because I've never heard of such a thing. Um, you're right. Defense counsel filed a motion to dismiss, a motion for sanctions against the prosecution, and a motion to disqualify the district attorney's office from further handling the case. Um, the allegations, in part, are. Um, that there's been, a, I believe, a lot of uh, back channels discussion between the prosecutors, the cops who are involved in this thing, witnesses. There's all sorts of communications that uh, defense counsel is trying to get to the bottom of, which is being resisted by the prosecution. Much of it, the defense now wants all the electronic communications between some of these witnesses and the cops who are investigating and the prosecutors, um, and that's being resisted. Now, is that grounds to disqualify? Not to my knowledge. Now, I don't know what was put in the papers because the court has impounded these motions. So I presume the allegations are either so spectacular and... Um, potentially damning against the prosecution that um, the judge thinks they should be kept from the public in the short term, or the judge may think that the allegations made by the defense are so preposterous that it shouldn't be released. The impounding of these motions, I would presume, is an attempt to further poison the potential jury pool. Sure. Because these motions to disqualify and for sanctions, et cetera, are all to impugn the prosecutors and or the prosecutor's witnesses. So whatever is in these motions, if defense counsel is trying to further poison the well in terms of potential jurors, the judge might feel he has to impound this material uh, because to release it might completely then lead to a defense argument that, you know, how can you ever get a jury now? Right. So that's got to be why yeah. he's impounding or, or the judge is impounding all of this material. But how long can they be kept impounded? If these are legitimate motions and there's legitimate issues that have to be aired out in court, um, it seems to me the public at some point has a right to know. Yep what all is going on here. So this case keeps taking very unique twists and turns. Yeah. Um, I don't know who's paying for Karen Reed's defense, but um, her lawyers are really pulling out all the stops, some seemingly legitimate, some seemingly questionable, but it's really a scorched earth, you know, t trying to every single trick in the book uh, in a pretrial setting to um, 
defend their client and presumably to influence the public and potential jurors. Uh, Tim Dodd, the ethics panel dismissed the GOP complaint against Rhode Island Speaker Joe Sakachi. He uh, came out with a scathing statement about it. Um, there's definitely a legal element to this. What's your what's your read on the fact they dismissed the complaint? Well, it was the the ethics uh, panel dismissed the. It was a five nothing vote with two abstentions. Um, the um, decision it was like an eighteen page decision, I believe, was pretty thorough, and even people like Peter Marion you know, without saying whether he liked or disliked the result, uh, commended the Ethics uh, Commission for a thorough investigation. The allegation was that Joe Shikarchi, when he was then majority leader, I think back in 2017, voted for legislation which would have expanded um, the ability of farms of more than, I think, 15 acres to hold wedding events. The theory um, of the complaint was that at the time he voted on this legislation, he was representing Jerry Zarella um, personally, and Zarella was one of the individuals who would have benefited if this legislation passed. Now, as it turns out, it's really not Zarella's... Um, Zarella's always the front person, but the... the, the farm in question i think was owned by an llc and the member of the llc was zarella's son and you know shikarchi didn't represent the llc or the son he only represents jerry and it wasn't specific a specific statute or bill that was put in that would only benefit zarella but would have benefited something like 50 other farms within rhode island who would have also benefited from <clears throat> the expansion of the ability of farms to um, hold these wedding reception events. So I think the Ethics Commission eventually simply found that, not that it's a coincidence, but it was an indirect um, situation where Shikarchi wasn't voting on a bill specifically to benefit one of his clients and only his client for a specific purpose. Um, you know, Rhode Island is small. There's a lot of overlapping um, interest. And I think that the Ethics Commission actually got it right, um, much to the chagrin of the Republican Party. Um, we probably should spend more time trying to get um, nomination papers yeah. signed versus filing ethics complaints. Um, I think Shikarchi's um, uh, statement was on the money actually yeah. and his um anger with going through this process was um, legitimate and well-founded um you know there's always these political back and forth filing ethics complaints but this seemed to be relatively speaking a waste of everybody's time yeah folks quick break much more ahead legal expert turning tim dodd right here on the john DePietro show do you need a good plumber i found the best plumber jmb plumbing call them today all your plumbing needs 401-743-9153 jmb plumbing they've been providing plumbing services for years skilled professionals stand behind their work guarantee you will be happy Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a, a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401 743 9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today. 401-743-9153, JMB Plumbing, and look for them on Facebook. We're speaking with our legal expert, it's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, uh, the Providence Journal, Katie Mulvaney, she always covers the courts. Um, 
She had an interesting story. Ex-Rhode Island State Police Officer sued, saying he was wrongfully fired amid a mental health crisis. This is a, a seemingly unique lawsuit. Well, if he's got a um, medical issue which disables him from his job and he's out um, on a contractually um, identified you know, medical issue and he's terminated, um, I think he's got a legitimate case. It just hasn't happened very often with the state police that this situation would occur. But um, I would predict that at the end of the day, this terminated trooper will prevail in court um it's a unique situation you don't see this happening too often you know within the ranks of the state police but um in today's environment i think he's going to be the winner what about um the situation regarding and we have we've talked about this but with property owners are now fighting the new shoreline access in state court after they lost in federal court. Yeah, they got dinged out of federal court. They've refiled in state court. I, I continue to think that their complaints are legitimate. Um, there's, there's countervailing forces here. You've got a Rhode Island Supreme Court decision which has stated what the shoreline means, what the property owners next to the um, ocean or any shoreline own. There's a very convoluted formula which was created to the mean high water mark and where the seaweed goes. <laughs> it's very confusing. But the, um, the legislature came along and came up with a different definition of what constitutes owner's rights along the shoreline. So number one, there's a separation of power issue, potentially. You've got the legislature attempting to overrule what the Supreme Court has already decided. Um, you've got other problems with this, the language of the law that went into effect and how it's interpreted and how it's enforced. And it also seems to me to be an unconstitutional situation because it results in a taking of property. If, if an owner has property, let's say it's along the ocean, and now the legislature has determined that so much of that property is basically a public way, well, is that owner being compensated for what's essentially um, a forced taking of property rights? I mean, that's never been addressed by the legislature. You just can't come along and legislate that my right to my pri privacy of my property is going to be taken away from me without compensation. So I'm not sure where this ends up um, in terms of what the courts will do, but it seems to me there are multiple constitutional issues which must be addressed, and whatever happens in the superior court uh, whether it's uh, upholding the legislation or determining that this legislation was an unconstitutional overreach, this is also going to wind up before our Supreme Court. Um, I know Peter Narona has come out um, um, saying that he thinks this is appropriate and he's on the side of this new legislation. But I think it's ultimately going to wind up, I'm sure it's going to wind up in front of our Supreme Court. Yeah. Um, it's going to be another very thorny issue. This is going to be a tough one because the Supreme Court's going to be saying, we've already ruled on this. You're attempting to now change what we've already determined is the state of where the shoreline is. Um, so there's clearly a collision course that's um, moving at a very slow pace, but it's definitely going to come up um, before the Supremes. That is a, um, a shoreline access debate. Tim Dodd, what about, boy, the ongoing saga continues in Coventry with now the owners of Johnson's Pond saying they're not going to renew the lease once it's up in March. They want all docks, boats, and structures removed from the water. This is, um, this is seemingly uh, a, a delicate situation that keeps going back and forth. Well, it, this is a really tough one because... 
a few years back, the water rights to Johnson's Pond were sold. Right. And the town didn't purchase it. The owners of the shoreline properties or the you know, people who live in Johnson's Pond area didn't con combine their efforts to purchase it. A private entity purchased it, and now they're looking to enforce their rights. They're saying, listen, you don't have the right. Over the years, people have put docks up without any authority. They just kind of go up. And... The new owners are saying, those are not authorized. Take them out. Um, take your boats out. Take your watercraft out. Take, you know, anything that's on our water. You don't have the right to occupy our water. Um, this is a case that's in suit in Superior Court. Um, both sides have very good counsel, but... It's a tough one for people who own property on the water there because they don't own the water. Um, it gets into an issue of really, is there any sort of easement or prescriptive right to utilize the water or will the court side with the owners of the water, of the pond? You know, the, the owners of real estate own up to the water line, but the water is owned by this private developer um, and the developer wants money they want you know they want to charge fees for accessing their water and people who have lived there for generations and have never had to pay a penny for the privilege are obviously rebelling against the notion that they have to pay taxes or fees or costs to keep their boats in the water or keep their docks up and this is uh, the owners of the water ratcheting up um, the consequences here. It's been a slow boiling situation, but now the owners of the water are saying, get your docks out of here, get your boats out of here. They're, you can't have them anymore, which is going to result in lots more litigation. Um, this is one I can't even predict where it ends up. Yeah. I know a lot of people who live on the water there. Yeah. Um, they've got legitimate issues, but they don't own the water. So I really don't know where this winds up, but this one will also wind up ultimately in the Supreme Court. Right now it's in Superior Court. It's been there for a while, but it's on a trajectory that there's going to be a clash that the Rhode Island Supreme Court's going to have to figure out the rights of the respective parties, the landowners versus the owners of the, the pond water. Folks, again, he is our legal expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, excellent job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, Jim. Take care. When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. You need Shoppa Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today, free consultation, 401-900-INSU, 401-900-4678, Shoppa Insurance, SIA. Stephen, very experienced, whether it's auto, home, renters, business insurance, flood, recreational umbrella any other protection for your assets rhode island of massachusetts shoppa insurance agency your agency of choice call today set up a meeting they're so knowledgeable can have everything under one roof call shoppa insurance today 401-900-insu or 401-900-4678 look for them on facebook again located reservoir avenue in cranston Shapa Insurance Agency, your neighbor, your partner, your friend. One-stop insurance solutions. Folks, you hear me talk about unique health. On the line with us right now is someone who's a true success story. Her name is Cheryl. And Cheryl, I want to just start off with take us inside where you were in your life before you discovered and started the program of Unique Health? Well, I was at the point where I was overweight, and I knew I had to lose the weight. My doctor, my blood pressure was going up. 
Um, I've been threatened to be put on medications for diabetes, and I didn't want to. I kept refusing all the meds. So I got to the point where I have tried so many different diets and gained weight back, but with unique health, it was a matter of changing my lifestyle. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle change, and by participating in this and and changing my life with the foods I'm eating, I have no need to go on the medications. My A1C has gone into a normal range. Blood pressure is excellent. All my numbers are fine. So the program works. It's all about what you put in your body. Cheryl, it's remarkable, the photos that I've seen. And I like that you described yourself, and I think some people could relate to it, but you just felt frumpy. You knew you were not at the peak level that you could be at. Yeah, you look at yourself in the mirror every day and you don't really see yourself until you have a comparison picture of a, like a before and after picture and you realize, wow, I looked I looked frumpy and dumpy. I looked so unhealthy. And um, just seeing that comparison just opened my eyes even more to the importance of being healthy. Folks, again, it, this we're speaking with Cheryl. She went through the program of Unique Health. And Cheryl, take us inside Real Numbers what was it like when the weight started to come off? And as we speak, how much have you successfully lost and kept off? Well, it depends on which numbers I look at. If I look at the numbers from Unique Health or if I look at my doctor's numbers. According to my doctor's numbers, uh, weight-wise, I have lost 27. Wow. According to my doctor's, 27 pounds. Don't know how many inches because I have not kept tally on the inches. And, you know, you you fluctuate from week to week, so that's okay, and I'm okay with that because I know I can get back on, and I'm good. The weight's going to come off, and I know it will because I've changed the way I think and what I'm doing. And tell us, how, how much better do you just feel about yourself with the weight loss? I feel fantastic. I look in the mirror now. I never used to. I never used to like looking in a mirror. I never used to like taking pictures. Um, I'm going going away soon on a trip, and I'm actually going to put on a bathing suit. And I haven't worn a bathing suit in gosh knows how long. Um, so it 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 just it boosts your confidence in yourself. I'm a confident person to begin with, but this has just heightened it even more. Folks, again, it's Cheryl with Unique Health. Cheryl, congratulations. Keep up the good work, and thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you, John. Unique Health. Now is the time. End of one year, beginning of the next. Set up a free consultation. No obligation. Contact Sandra at Unique Health, the right in Warwick, 401-826-8474. Unique Health, with their coaching, they will help you take off the weight, allows the body, rid itself, harmful chemicals. Unique Health is here. This is the time. You will see rapid, aggressive weight loss that can last a lifetime. It will target that stubborn fat do it for yourself do it for your family take off the pounds remember it's not a diet change it's a lifestyle change contact unique health learn about a free seminar 401-269-9155 401-269-9155 for unique health call sandra today sustainable weight loss You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, folks, I want to talk about the Rhode Island Republican Party. I want to talk about the Rhode Island Republican Party because the start they were off to right now, first of all, they got their heads handed to them uh, by the Ethics Commission. And they were going after the speaker. The, the, the problem with the complaint is... They were going after both the speaker and then the former head of the Rhode Island Trump campaign, who happens to be a friend of mine, Jerry Zarella. And 
here's my criticism of the Rhode Island Republican Party. It's all about priorities. That's really what it comes down to. What are your priorities? And filing that ethics complaint against Speaker Joe Sakachi, tying him in or trying to with Jerry Zarella, I, I just it was it was just it was a clean miss. Um, they come out, you know, first day out of the box with this inspector general business, which is not going to go anywhere. And I don't think it was introduced effectively. Then I've been playing the sound they were on 10 news conference um, where, I mean, it w- don't get me wrong. It wasn't terrible, but then they just, and again, I, I say this as someone that tries to be, I do supportive of their efforts, but they just, they don't seem prepared for the moments that they're in. And someone that I have been critical of only because I think she misses opportunities, right? And there's nothing more frustrating. You're watching, whether it's the Patriots or whatever your favorite team is, and they have a clear shot to put the ball in the end zone. And it's either the, you know, the quarterback either overthrows the receiver or the receiver drops it, whatever. It's a missed opportunity. And to me, without question, I know she's beloved in the state Senate. There's nothing personal against her. I just question the prep that is going in. And I'll, I'll, I'll use some examples. It's, it's state Senator Jessica De La Cruz. So I want to go back to she was on Channel 12 uh, back in July, early August, asked about the signature scandal with Sabina Matos. And and this is how she answered that how confident are that you question in the overall integrity of Rhode Island's voting. Here's the part before I play this. The media was shaken by the signature scandal. No one should be comfortable with the way our elections have been panning out. So this is an opportunity. How comfortable are you? This was an opportunity to me to say, I'm not comfortable at all, and I'll tell you what we need to do, and here's what we're going to be introducing. And instead, listen to the question, and then listen to her answer. Island, how confident are you in the overall integrity of Rhode Island's voting system? Not just signatures, all the way through, of course, mail ballots. I, th- I have I have faith in the system. If I didn't have faith in the system, then I wouldn't give the time that I do to running for office, um, because... If the system is rigged, why do I even try? So I do have faith. Again, we're not talking about local offices. We're talking about statewide or district. That was a miss. That was an opportunity to say, you know, Ted, I don't have faith. And I'll tell you why I don't have faith. He even introduced the mail ballots. And she whiffed on it. So that was back July, August. Now we go to New Year. Same person, State Senator Jessica De La Cruz. Once again, now the question is about Governor McKee saying he's on high alert for illegals to start coming to Rhode Island. Intelligence? Do you have information? Are you expecting buses to come in? And where are they going to go? Can you be more specific for me? There's no reason to, uh, you know, to respond to anything that we, you know, that, that we don't have to respond to, Gene. Uh, but at the same point in time, just like. On anything, anything that impacts us, uh, potentially, we, we, we uh, meet, we prepare. I- now, you know, some, listen, the governor of Texas has his critics and he has his supporters. And some people in your party are saying, why don't we all share the burden here? It's about time Texas started shipping them up. Others say this is a terrible thing to do humanitarian-wise. What would you advise the governor? It sounds like he's thinking about it, the possibility that these buses could be coming in here, Senator. Well, first of all, it sounds like the governor knows something's happening but isn't really sharing the information. sounds like he's preparing for something. Uh, if he is, he needs to let Rhode Islanders know, and he needs to let them know right now. Um, 
you know, I'm a daughter of immigrants. Uh, my parents immigrated to this country. Most of my family are immigrants. Uh, uh, I'm first generation, so I'm not against immigration. But we have a serious problem in this nation where, again, with the housing crisis, we have uh, elderly that are not able to make it week to week because mm -hmm. they can't afford their groceries or their heat. We have children um, in DCYF care that need uh, housing and home and placements. And we can't even take care of our own. How are we going to take on that further burden? Now, if I would say if our house was in order and we, could t and, and we managed all of these things splendidly, then I would say, yes, let's take in some, uh, some immigrants. But I, I will point out that uh, if you're coming to this country, you need to do so through the legal channels. Yeah. Well, is this kind of a double-edged sword? You know, let me, again, <laughs> what is she talking about? Those people on the buses, they're not here legally. If, if our house was in order, look around. The state is flooded and the roads are being closed. Does it look like things are in order? They're never going to be in order. If you're going to come into this country, you need to do Well, they're not doing it. All those people you're seeing. Maybe she's confused by the term migrant. They're all here illegally. What are you talking about? Like I mentioned the other day, did, does she think... The governor of Texas is sending legal people that pass citizenship, go through the whole process. Does she actually think that's who they're sending up here to New York or sending to Chicago or potentially coming to Rhode Island? No, they're all illegal. So I don't even know what she's talking about. As I've said now, as far as the signatures, they have a real problem on their hands with getting the presidential candidates on the on the ballot. I, I'm not, I don't think they're going to make it. They're way behind where they should be. Again, it's priorities. I, I, they have a major problem right now. The Republican candidates may not make it under the Rhode Island ballot because the Rhode Island Republican Party has failed to, to secure enough signatures. Where are the priorities? That'll be a major embarrassment. I'm not convinced they're going to make it. Boy, here's a shocker. The Democrat secretary of state are not going to bend over backwards to help them. Yeah, no kidding. Get the priorities in order. Focus. Stop with the frivolous complaints. There are real issues here. And get those presidential candidates on the ballot. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. meal a great time is waiting for you at the coesed inn rhode island tradition since 1977 226 coesed avenue west warwick they have a large dining room perfect maybe a, a group uh maybe a collation lunch the coesed inn getting a big group together or maybe just you alone or a date 226 coesed avenue west warwick great staff terrific food they're always working on the menu and they also have a nice lounge as well. You have the market at Coesed right there. They're open seven days a week. I'll see you for a great meal. Make it the Coesed Inn. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, I always tout our website just because it has exclusive stories and video. It has links to on-the-scene live stream. Remember, there's no vo uh, vowel I. It's D-E-P-E-T-R-O dot com, D-P-E-T-R-O dot com. You can also reach me that way if you'd like to get in touch with me. D-P-E-T-R-O dot com. Log on and then links to Facebook and YouTube. Everything we have, it's all waiting for you right there at the website. 